You're tuning in to Pastar Prime, a show powered by Squad Locker. Here are your hosts, retired Astros minor league star Tip Fairchild and former Patriots All-Pro Center, Dan Copen. Episode 49, as we were discussing um, briefly, we are dangerously close to episode 52, which would be um, in everybody's calendars or everybody's opinion a full year full year one rotation around the sun which i don't get how it's wait because no. we took a couple weeks off two or three but one then week? we're still ending up around yeah. strange the same time when we started no well there strange. was a we one that we did we rolled when we were on the three b's the bbb Yep, Beer, that's we rolled that. Booze, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, we got to do some math on it, but yeah, fifty-two. We're coming up on it. One rotation around the sun. Uh, appreciate all the followers. By the way, uh, follow at Past Our Prime Show on Instagram. You're all over it. Now. Uh, like, subscribe, share. My new favorite thing is actually anytime I'm writing anything to anybody, I put follow at Past Our Prime Show. <laughs> it could be a could be it's a nice. check. It could be anything. It's and good, people follow all the time. Right. Well, I mean, so the, the followers are getting up there. So obviously, I know we're getting the comic club here. We, we we just I think we just hired a social media person in the office. So I'm meeting with them tomorrow. And, so they, and they have to follow before they get the meeting. Correct. I said that I will. I refuse to have this meeting until you follow. <laughs> <laughs> Makes sense. Well, we got That's a big big show today because Kevin Lace, who was yes. on with us briefly. At the Matt Light uh, charity shootout, um, and we, teased we it. Yeah, yeah, I mean, he's a guy that uh, we spent some time with, got to know. Great guy, great American, uh, retired Navy SEAL. Uh, he's a frogman. So, uh, oh, I like that. Great American. <clears throat> he's a great American. Yeah. What's yeah. that quote? Oh, what uh, hell of a model American? Yeah. <laughs> it's, no, it's it, a funny movie. I can't remember what it is. Why, I had that. Yeah, why? What? What? That I can't thing? remember. It's a funny was movie, it, but might have been. Is it Jim Carrey? No, I think it's. Yes, it is. He's it's like Jim out Carrey. of breath. Yeah, he's like rattling Dumb off and something. Dumber? He's out of breath. No, not Dumb Pet and Dumb. Detective. Pet Detective. Pet Detective. Yeah. One hell oh of yeah, yeah, wait. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he goes right, on the ranch. Right. Yeah, yeah. So that is Kevin Lace. I mean, he has a resume. We're gonna get into it with him. Uh, we met him at the Matt Light thing, like you said, and he just. I mean, we barely got into it, and we have learned. That our most popular episodes, and it makes sense because I go down these rabbit holes on like the Goggins stuff and everything. I just watch like all of his videos all the time. Um, our Navy SEAL military interviews that we yeah. do. I think it's just because that ath- athletes in general are like so like infatuated with that. Well, I, I mean, it, it, it's relative and you can compare. Um, the teams, the the lifestyle, right. the the you know the discipline that you get from it, and it, I mean, I'm not going to say it again, but I'm going to say it this last time. It's not life or death like those guys, mm-hmm. but a lot of those characteristics that you find in the military, men and women, you will find in sports at, right. at, at at any level, and you can always draw from that um, in your own life life's going forward. Mm-hmm. Uh, Goggins, you brought up. I'm feeling my mind right now is calloused. I know that yours is I am because you've been, riding, you've been riding like an animal I am, and I can't catch you. I am 15 days straight <laughs> yep. riding. And if you want to update the spreadsheet. I got to update we, it. Oh, you did? did you? Or, no, I oh, have okay. to. Well, you can no, update it. You're, up, you're 100 miles up on me. But I woke up this morning. I took my parents to the airport early in the morning. Uh-huh. And I felt like shit. 
absolutely still got on the bike felt like shit and it was just one of those things like goggin said he's like you got to get to a point and i'm not to that point yet there's mm-hmm. I'm, there's no way i'm to this point yet but you got to get to a point where all right if you don't do it mm-hmm. it's going to bother you to the point where yeah. like you'll get out of bed and get it done so i'm almost to the point where i like i'm 15 days straight i was like I just got to get on the bike. I'll feel better afterwards. I know I will. And if I don't do it, I'm going to be pissed at myself. That's right. So you're, so you're I'm building there. a calloused mind. That's My mind is, is getting callous. I tagged you in a Goggins video. I hope that you saw it. I don't think you've seen it yet. I don't think I saw it On yet. Facebook, I tagged you, which is random for us. We're usually more Instagram guys where he's lifting out, like on the road running and he's talking about how people make excuses and they're like, I don't know when to start. And like, I just have all these things. And he goes... <laughs> You have to watch a video. It's so funny. And he's like, what I want you to do, I want you to reach down. I want you to grab your balls. (laughs) He goes, check to see if they're there. (laughs) Find some shoes. Do you have some shoes? Go for a run. Go for a walk. He goes, do you have a floor? Go down and do some push-ups on the floor. Yeah, you don't need there much, I guess, right? (laughs) Oh, it's a funny video. I was laughing. Grab your Check to see if they're there. I laughed, so I'm glad that uh, you need to look at that. That was fun. But you're you're kicking butt. Um, we have a lot of pe- from people from Squad Locker that are in this challenge. Lots of people are doing it, which is fun. Um, also, it is like a sellathon over here right now. We're doing. I thought so you much were going to say it's like a sauna in here. No, it's it, quite it, warm. It's about to be, but it's a sellathon at Squad Locker. Give joy. What is it, Max? Give just joy. Give 20, joy. 20, no, no, I think. I think it's give joy now. Just give joy. I think so. That's right. It's 15 percent off everything. I think so. Yeah. We're pulling Black Friday. I had the marketing team just doing miracles around here. I just went in. They were just having a team meeting. I barged into it, <laughs> blew the door open. Did everybody here follow the program first? Is that the first uh, question <laughs> that you – No, I should ask that. I think they all do. Blew the door open and just was like, I don't know what you guys are doing, but I absolutely love it because they're kicking butt, so it's fun. Um, we, we hung out yesterday. We watched some, uh, some football. We made some, uh, we made some of our favorite new drink. The, new uh, – yeah. Dirty, dirty Marti- Tito's, dirty on the, on the rocks. rocks with olives. Preferably blue cheese. Tell you what, first, I bet it's the first drink I've ever made other than just dumping something. You brought over everything, which was very nice. all the ingredients. It was very nice, besides the yeah. ice. I, I supplied the ice. You supplied the ice in the cups. And you left the Tito's bottle there. So oh, yeah. That, that was nice. I'm not going to bring it and then, I'm not going to bring it and then bring it home. <laughs> you could have. <laughs> I think I got a couple <laughs> handles up top. So. No, never, never. So bring bring that over. We start doing the shaker. Maybe we'll post no, a you video didn't, of well, this. You, yeah, you, you, you didn't shake it first. I did this, the dump, the yeah. back and forth thing. You did yeah. stirred or yeah. not even stirred. Just like bruise thing? I don't know. I don't know the terms. But the new version, I mean, then we shook it. Yeah. And we think we found a solution. It was it, it was so much better than the first one. It was good. It was frothy. 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 I mean, and it, 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 you could... It had a different texture to it. Egg white in it? One of those kind of fancy drinks? No, no, nothing crazy, Max. You know, just uh, alcohol. I mean, there's blue cheese. You said nothing crazy. (laughs) Yeah, blue cheese olive. Yeah, yeah, blue cheese olive. Perfect. It was refreshing. It went down well after like ten beers. It was great. Yep. So we we had fun doing that. We watched football. Football. Patriots are back. They look good. They got they got themselves a football team up in New England now. There we go. That's what we were looking for. Take that clip, Max. There is no right to the Pats. Like Dan Copen says that the Patriots have a football team right now. They got a football team, and um, just what? Like I even told this to you. It's refreshing. Like Henry had a rough start to not a rough start. He just he wasn't 
the 45, what, 45, 50 million would they give him? He wasn't making enough mm. catches. He wasn't giving you know plays, mm-hmm. and obviously that has to do with the offensive line, the yep. quarterback. They got to give him the football. They weren't getting him the football. Uh, Smith has been hurt, so you know we'd like to see him come back and um, have an impact when he came. Yeah. But like the guys that they brought in, it's nice to see them contributing. Like Judon, Judon's been an absolute oh, yeah, animal. Animal, yeah, it's great to watch. You know, him. you those guys that get that pig, the guy with the, the red sleeves, get that big payday, yeah. but they don't like. Just like uh, you know, you know, uh-huh. just pack it up and like just sail off into the sunset. Plenty of people that do that. <laughs> so you, can, you know, you're you right. You're right. Though. If you ever told that one guy's story, we'll Did bring you? him on. That's we'll fine. bring in. We'll, we'll bring uh, him. But on. you know, those guys are making plays. Henry's like scoring touchdowns every game now. Judon's after the quarterback, and the the quarterback himself is lights out. I, Looks I so good. Really, really like what Jones is doing. Mm-hmm. You know, not every game is going to be that, you know, 340, 350. It, it doesn't have to. 19 for 23 for, what was it? Complete the ball, get first down, score the points, yeah. you know, you know, punch it in in the red area. But the most important thing, like, I hate when people say, like, oh, quarterback is like a game manager, and that's a derogatory mm-hmm. term. It's bullshit. That's what you want them to do. That's <laughs> what your job is. Yeah. You know, I tell listen my, to the name of the. I tell my listen kid to the name of the position, quarterback, right? I tell my kid he plays hockey. It doesn't matter. He's on offense. Your two jobs are mm-hmm. take care of the puck and score points. Yeah, as a quarterback, take care of the football and score points. That's it. I don't care. Be a game manager. That's your it's, fucking job. It's fun to watch. I I like watching him do that because it reminds me of somebody from like two thousand three. Yeah, that guy. That guy. That guy. Who so else do you like? Who you else know, do you like? I like Bolden right now. Who else do you like? In the, who else? What are Brandon the teams Bolden. do you like? No, but just with, just with, with, the Bol- just with okay. Bolden. Yep. And we'll move on. But yep. when James White went down early in the year, you know, he's your third down back. Mm. You can rely on, mm. rely I on for, him. I almost forgot about that because yeah. of how good Mac Jones has like, been able to like Rely on him, you know, and, and blitz pick up. You know he knows his assignment, and he makes those catches. He gives you those runs, but... You know, Brandon Bolden is the guy that's been around a long time, went to Miami for like a year or two, and then came back and is mainly a special teams mm-hmm. guy. But he is, I mean, especially when Harris is down, Stevenson had a great great game, a rookie. Um, Bolden is taking over that third down role, and, mm-hmm. it, and it is really a threat and running with it. Agree. So They look good. They got And they got a good defense. They keep doing it. They, you know, they take care of the football. Who are you scared take of? Take care of the football. What teams are good? Chiefs. Still Chiefs. Really? Yeah. You know, I think – you know, they, they they had a rough patch where you didn't know what was going on. Mm-hmm. They're trying to figure it out still. Last night they looked good. Weren't they two and four? No, they're one point. I think they're no, six and four now. Now they are. But I think they're I don't like know, maybe. two and something. Something yeah, like crazy. that. Uh, <clears throat> okay, so she, I still like the, the AFC? Cardinals. AFC? Yeah. I would say Titans. Mm-hmm. Titans won. Mm-hmm. And Chiefs, one and two, mm-hmm. that you're scared of. And, okay. excuse me, Buffalo. Okay. Yeah, Buffalo did look good yesterday. Yeah. Put some money on that one. So good they hit. got to, they got to go through Buffalo. They got to play them yep. twice. AFC East will probably come down to those games as long as nobody, you know, fucks it up in yep. the meantime. Uh so Chiefs, Titans, Buffalo. That's who they have to worry about in the AFC. All right, more to come on, like that? on football uh next time, Max. I'm I'm ready. We're going to go deep though, I think with Kevin here, so um as or well, should we call him Dauber? Dauber. His, his uh, what do they call that, call sign? I think so. Does anybody know where Dauber was from? I don't. I it do was not. a You'll TV. have to read the book. They say it in the book. 
it was a well, TV got show, the book right? Right here, I know. TV show. Oh, I I don't remember. Do you remember Dauber on that TV show? It's what, what it's it? from. It's that's what it's from. What, but what I don't remember. Hayden, never saw Hayden, the show. Hayden Fox wasn't he? He's the head coach, uh, football team, Minnesota State, or something like that. They mentioned it in what's the book. The, I don't remember. What's I the never movie? saw Dauber, it. No, it's a mo- it's a TV show. Dauber oh, okay. was the assistant it. coach to Hayden Fox. Is it? But <laughs> it's not the guy. Hayden Fox was played by the guy from Poltergeist. For some reason, when you were going over this, I just all I could think about was that show that was on TV that was so good called Coach. That's it. Is that, that's it. <laughs> is that, that's it. That's it. Dauber was the assistant coach on Coach. Isn't that weird yes. how our minds Minnesota work? Minnesota State, Hayden Fox. It was Coach. <laughs> I, yes. loved, I loved I that I was thinking coach. just the 10 of us for some reason. There's Dauber. Uh, right. Coach was such a great show. It was a good show. I wonder if that's on like Netflix. It's got to be, right? I'd like to watch that again. Yeah. Yeah, Dauber. Yeah, yeah. Could go with the blonde hair. All right. Okay, maybe we're we'll good. find that. All right. Let's get let's okay, get let's the get to Kevin. We're going to we're going to get yeah, we're going to get rolling with him. There's going to be a lot of questions coming up. All right, joining us now is a frogman, the frogman himself, mm-hmm. Kevin Lace, Arth author, movie author, star, movie star, uh <laughs> physician's assistant, which is his current job, you know, when when he retired, he just didn't be like me and be a waste of waste waste of himself. Yeah. Do you want to do you want to be a co-host on a podcast? <laughs> Come yeah. in. I mean, you can Come do on this in. too. Yeah. Actually, you guys have a good time. I'm kind of jealous of you. We do we a little do. fun time. We, we try. Do you know, sometimes Tip talks a little bit too much, but you know, you got to bring them in. I got to tell you, you you helped me today. We're doing a miles challenge, which mm-hmm. is just a stupid thing that we do just to be competitive. Um, you got to get that, you know, the juices out, mm-hmm. you know, bust it. <laughs> <laughs> As you said last time, out, yeah. um, I woke up today. I felt like shit. Took my parents to the airport early in the morning. Didn't feel like shit. I knew you were coming on the show, and I was just like, I can't not work out. I can't get the miles in if I'm going to be on here with a Navy SEAL. What would he think of me? Mm-hmm. He would so, think less of you. I haven't worked out yet, but I, I, I already have my rides booked for tonight. I'm already in for 60 minutes tonight. So, thank you for making me do that. I feel better, but it's all about winning. It is. The thing. Yeah, you're absolutely killing so, me. But what? <laughs> so now we're going to get to Kevin. But okay, that, now we're going to get to Kevin. <laughs> that was inspiration for me, so I appreciate it. Well, I applaud um, you. I mean, you know, it, it, it sucks waking up in the morning and having to work out, but, you know, it's mind over matter. If you don't mind, it doesn't matter. You just got to do it. Do you still do it a lot? Well, I do. Um, but on that trip, actually, I that trip up to Rhode Island, I herniated a disc in my back, so it's kind of in impeded me from being as active as I've wanted to be in the last uh, two months. But I do up until that point, I was very active. So you would have been, and you just said earlier that you did not have internet at your house for four months. That is a fact. So I don't know what you did with, with your kids at that point. Cause my kids would go crazy, but without the herniated disc, you would have gotten a lot of workout time in too. And it was still a lot of pushups, a lot of pushups. Yeah, so I, I became the straw boss, and I had kids moving stuff around the house, and you know, set up the downstairs gym. Um, my daughter's into gymnastics, so we built her little gymnastics studio. My son loves baseball, so we set up his batting cage inside the house. Um, so we stayed active, and then take them out fishing. You know, they're they're active outdoor kids, so they actually entertain themselves pretty well. Okay, I mean, mine. I mean, that's. Mine would have to play around a little bit on the iPads, but we get them outside. Absolutely, they were outside. Tip but, came over yesterday. They out, they played outside the whole day. I don't think it, one of them touched a, an electronic. And and this is what I bet. And this is when I look at my phone. And you know, I'm on my phone a lot for work, obviously, and all that stuff. But when I look at my screen time report, 
sometimes I throw up. Like, you just get, like, the six-and-a-half-hour day where you're just on it. You're just emailing this, that, and then you're then you're doing whatever. And, and I'm like, that's – think about how much time that is in my life. Like, what if just two hours of that time, all I did was push-ups and pull-ups, <laughs> right, or never, something? That would never happen. You know? But it's – I'm sure you, when you looked at yours, it must have been, like, an hour, right? And you're like, hey, I fulfilled my day outside of electronics and the world and reading the news and all that bullshit. I fulfilled my day in a better way. Is that right? Well, Look, I, you know, I don't have parenting figured out, but I, I learned a very good lesson from my first platoon chief, a guy, a guy named Tony Afratti. He's from Gorham, New Hampshire, and um, I never saw him sleep ever, never saw him eat ever. Um, he was always filling that void time with working out or like mission planning or something like that. And I was like, man, this guy truly leads by example. And with my kids, you know, I, like I said, I don't have parenting figured out, but if I can kind of show them the direction, um, they kind of take a cue and usually follow it, follow in line. So that's kind of how mm-hmm. I parents and the more active I keep them, the less off electronics, you know, the less I am, the less they are. The more, use, more useful they'll be later on in life for sure. Absolutely. Yeah, that, that, that's a good thing. Maybe I'll try that with my, my kids. We learned a lot about him since he came on last. You know, he came on at the yeah. Matt Light event. Yep. Right. We had a good time. We were, you know, chopped it up a little bit. You were running around like crazy. You had to be everywhere. That's, so what, we only had that's why he herni- herniated a disc. That's true. That's true. Now we've got you for some time. We did a little bit of research, so I know that we have a lot more questions. Max actually filled up the board here with a lot of stuff, too, so we're prepared. One thing that we did not understand was, you know, we knew the book, The Last Punisher, right? And you said, hey, read it. Don't listen to the audio, right? You said, read it. Don't listen That's to the right. audio. Okay. I, Look, so we got the hard just, copies. Just, just a little plug on this, too. I started it, and you have to get into a groove with reading. You know, <laughs> yeah. it, it, it's, it's been a while since to I've he. read a book, all right? To, to he. No, but, it's the. The, yeah. <laughs> but when I do read a book, I will usually follow through. So it's been a while. I did pick it up this morning because I wanted to start reading it. It's a fast read, dude. I'm like, like I think a half hour or something like that I spent on it, 25, 30 pages in. It's a good book. It's a fast read so far. Good job. I appreciate that. I appreciate yeah. that. My wife wrote, co-wrote it with me um, and Ethan Rocky. And, you know, when I got done writing it, it was kind of like an after actions report, you know, just like bullet points, like very monolithic caveman. And she made it succinct. She made it readable. Um, but I wanted it to read like a fiction novel with just be, you know, just having it be a, a nonfiction book. Um, and I mean, the first line is get your shit. It doesn't get any better than that. <laughs> yes. Um, you know, and you're jumping into a firefight. So, um, yeah, I just kind of want to paint that picture of what deployment life can be. It's very, very, you know, fast paced. And then it's, you know, long drawn out monotonous. Yeah. Very, we're, very, we're, very, yeah. very similar to sports. Yeah. We're going to get into some of the book and, and, you know, the buds and, and how you became a seal and what you're doing now. But, uh, first off in the, in the book, one of the things you said, I made journal entries or, you know, I wrote down, uh, my experiences so I wouldn't forget. And I've told this on the podcast of, couple times already i wish i wrote more of those things down especially in like team meetings or what bill belichick said or brady or um certain things that happen in an offensive meeting room or a game because you go through so much you sort of forget and you had Mm. the wherewithal at that time overseas uh you know know, serving our country to make those journal entries so i mean what made you think of doing that um the cool stuff we were doing to, to put it plainly, you know, 
a few weeks into it, I was think I was looking, you know, because you know, it's not, the the perception is every SEAL that goes combat, you know, is is in a deployment very similar to the one that, that we wrote about, but that's not always the case. Um, when we started doing it, I thought I was like, this is this is truly it, you know. I'm starting to see some really cool stuff come together. Um, you know, the way that the battle was progressing, you know, we were poised to play a significant factor in it, in addition to the Marines and the Army. Um, so I just thought I'd jot some things down because I didn't know, you know, maybe maybe 50 years from now, I can't remember things. Yep. And, you know, and uh, I was, if I have it down on paper, at least it'll jog my memory. Um, and I wasn't too specific. It was, you know, basic, basic things that we were doing, um, but it became quite important helping Chris, you know, adding to his book and then obviously with Sniper and then in writing my book. Um, but I had little tidbits that took me back to, you know, things that my platoon chief had said or guys that I had worked with had said or done um, that are inspiring and, and, you know, things that I, I can readily go back to to this day. Yeah, I mean, and Max, so, you know, when you mentioned, you mentioned Sniper and like your book and everything. Max told us last night he was watching American Sniper. He's prepping, right? <laughs> He's like, you know, doing a good thing that a producer does. And he told you what who, you told Meg. What'd you say to her? I'm, I'm watching it with my fiance, and I'm like, yeah. Meg, that, that's that's the guy that we're gonna have on tomorrow. And he looks, the actor looks just like him. <laughs> it's a great stand, great stand. Yeah, like he looks just like him. Well, actually, it's you. So you're not only the book, you're a hero, you're a, a Navy SEAL, you're a movie star. So now I am anxiously waiting to go home and I watch actually, this. I actually think you should pull your phone out and call Cooper, Bradley Cooper, or, you know, Clint Eastwood. Can we get him on speed dial yeah, or something like that? Can we get somebody on? I mean, that's, this is, so now we have other questions to ask you, like, what's it like being on a set of a movie? We haven't had any movie stars yet. We've no. got some TV people, right? We've had Survivor, guests. And yeah, but that, I mean, that's McCabe. reality. Yeah, that's yeah. Re- reality. What's it like being on a set? Um, it's kind of boring. Uh, you know, yeah. it, it, it's, it's fun. Obviously, you know, there's a lot of, um, uh, you know, I was excited to be on American sniper, obviously, you know, the reason why I joined, uh, I was added as a first technical advisor was because Chris Kyle wasn't there. Um, mm-hmm. you know, so there's that sombering point to it. Um, and so in the back of my mind, it's, Hey, let's make sure we can get Chris's story as correctly as we can, you know, with the resources that we have. So, you know, that, that's kind of the baseline, but once you're on set and, and working with Clint Bradley at first, you know, you, know, you jump in. It, this is the big leagues. Um, mm-hmm. You know, Clint has always been, you know, a hero of mine. I've loved his movies since day one. Um, Bradley's a phenomenal actor. So working side by side with them is, is pretty impressive. Um, but fortunately, Clint, you know, films in like eight to nine hour blocks. He doesn't go and film for 18 hours straight. You know, he's, he's efficient. So he makes it happen, you know, it, but there's a lot of sitting around and resetting, you know, and just mm-hmm. the time slows down. But when you see it come together for somebody like me who doesn't have a frame of reference of how a movie's put together and how things are filmed, um, I was like, this doesn't make any sense. I could, I'm a very <laughs> linear person in that, yep. um, in that, in that regard. Um, but to see the final product and how it came about, you know, to see everybody's talents from the grips, you know, the, the director of photography, you know, the camera people, the actors, you know, the writer and all that stuff. It's, it's pretty impressive. Um, and it's like, a, it's a very well-oiled machine with Malpaso and Warner brothers and Clint, and obviously, you know, Bradley, uh, leading the charge. Now, if I'm going to, I'm going <clears> to <throat> get you, I'm going to stump you right now. Well, maybe not stump. I'm just going to throw one at you here. I bet you, you don't stump them. No, I'm not going to stump them. But if you had to pick somebody to play you, who would you pick as an actor? Which is going to tell us a lot. I, I would think in his prime, I would say somewhere, you know, probably like a Val Kilmer type. Um, oh, I can I, see I, it. 
I can I see it, actually. Yeah. <laughs> I, was, I, I was trying to go in my head and be like, who would I pick? Like, I can absolutely see a Val Kilmer. Val Kilmer? Jeremy Renner? Is that... Is that is oh, Renner, that's Renner, a good Renner. one. Like, yes. I mean, he's current, oh, you too, right? That. I think Renner would be a good one. Yes, that's very see, close. You can't stump me. Yeah, that's good. That's good. So, how long was how long was the shoot? Like the shooting of it. How long were you there? Right, right around four months. Um, it was pretty quick. You know, I, I was training Bradley, and he had convinced me to audition and, and play myself in the movie. I had to get picked. Why the um, hell did you have to audition for yourself? <laughs> I don't understand that either. <laughs> like, wait, wait, like, dude, I'm the I, only I one here this. that actually knows how to work a fucking gun right well, now. Well, and I also just I, I went through this. Like, yeah. this is like there's no there's no acting. I actually did it. Yeah. Wait a minute. Yeah. These yeah, bullets aren't real. Yeah. No. Right, let's yeah. let's go. I think that's the thing. It, it, you know, I'm not an actor, um, so I had to audition. Unfortunately, the lines weren't super tough. Um, I just had to be myself. Apparently, that's the hardest thing you can do in Hollywood. Um, but mm-hmm. I filmed on an iPhone. My wife filmed me. I, I was in grad school at the time, so I trained Bradley on the weekend out in L.A., flew back to North Carolina. I was at Wake Forest, and my wife filmed me reciting the, the lines, and I sent it back to the casting director, and he uh, showed it to Clint. And he called me back like three days later. He's like, hey, I showed the tapes to Clint. And Clint goes, boys, damn good. Get a job. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And then a few weeks later, I'm back in L.A. And then we blast off to Morocco and start filming. That's, that, yeah, that's that's awesome. Now, dude, what's your, what was your long? I, I can't wait to watch I, that. I mean, tonight. I was going to ask him about and I've Clint seen movie Eastwood's probably four or five story, times. But that's but, pretty good. Well, what do you, I mean, I'm, what I'm wondering is what was your toughest line? Like how much of a sentence did you have to string together? Man, I'm not that much of a knuckle dragger. Yeah, what the hell? <laughs> Jesus Christ, you went to grad. You went to graduate school. I know, what the, what is, I know but what the like, fuck. No, but when I think about that, I don't. I don't know. Like, I don't know how to act. Like, if somebody said you got to say this sentence exactly like this and enunciate like this, I'd be. I would mess that up five times. Especially if you were filming yourself, that would be. Yeah, a, it would be, be so awkward. awkward, right? So, yeah, so the filming process is about three and a half, four months. But you know, fortunately, with Clint, he he does allow for a little leeway. You know, the script is what it is. But mm-hmm. you know, if you don't get the lines exactly correct, um, he was you know he he would let people be more natural. There were points in time. There's one where you know we're setting up for that um, sniper engaged hit in the middle of the movie, and there's a dinner scene where we're kind of sitting there with a the local family, and you know we're just joking around talking. And, you know, Clint's got the camera rolling the whole time and we have no idea he's actually filming. And that's mm-hmm. kind of his magic is he catches you in a very natural state. Mm-hmm. And that's why it comes across as being very natural and not as finished and polished as some of the other movies, because it's really just the natural acting uh, of the people you yep. have on board. That's yeah, I mean, that, I can't I'm, I'm I've seen it a few times. I'm fired up to go watch it tonight, though, because I like to see people that I know and things. Sure. So this is going to be this yeah, is you're be a narcissist. You'd love that. No, that's not a narcissist. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. <laughs> no, it's not. Yeah, I, it's love like, the, I love to watch a movie because I know them. No, because I, I, I'm like, I'm happy for them. It's okay. not I'm happy for me. I'm happy for them. <laughs> it's the opposite of a narcissist. <laughs> All right. We talked about this earlier. 9-11 was the point on where you decided to serve. All right. <clears throat> but reading the book, and you spoke about this, you know, you played soccer. You played baseball. You played golf. But everything in high school is almost like you didn't finish through with things is what I got the impression of, right? You were good at baseball, then you switched to soccer, and then you did a little bit of swimming, you did a little bit of golf. When 9-11 hit and you decided to join the Navy SEALs or you know, try out for it, I guess is it a tryout? It's a I mean, tryout, I right? Try, I mean, guess it's got to be a tryout. That. If you yeah. don't make SEALs, then you're going to go do something else. What, what in you sort of is like, I'm going to succeed at this? Yep. Um, it was all those previous experiences of, you know, 
trying something, not succeeding, or not seeing it all the way through. And then I went to college and played rugby, which is a game played by hooligans watched by gentlemen. Um, and I figured that if I got to the teams, it's probably going to be very similar to the, t- the type of people I played yep. rugby with. And I wasn't far off. Uh, as one master chief kind of described the SEAL teams, it's kind of like the mi- land of the misfit toys. Um, and it's... <laughs> Pretty spot on, actually. Um, I, I deployed with a guy from Ohio whose family owned a traveling circus with like lions. Um, you know, there were, you know, people that went to Princeton. You know, it was yep. just a very eclectic group. Um, but I got when I got to the Navy, and I wasn't a very stellar college student. Let's let's be very clear. You know, my, my GPA was quite terrible, around a zero point seven my first semester. Um, That's for, quite terrible. It's just terrible. That's really, that's really terrible. Yeah, my parents will probably listen to this and watch this and yeah. they'll, they'll shake their head like they do every time. Can you, can you stop saying the 0.7? Can, can you ask them to subscribe when they do? <laughs> it was the most expensive lesson learned I think I could have ever received. Right. Um, and and I'm, I'm glad it happened because you know, I was very successful academically in high school, but when I went to college, I focused on everything but academics um, and landed in that position. I earned that. So joining the Navy and and telling people I was joining the Navy and then telling people I was going to attempt, you know, SEAL training. Um, and I knew I was going to be a SEAL regardless, uh, but I had to prove it. I couldn't, mm-hmm. you know, talk doesn't buy any groceries. So as soon as I made that commitment, I knew that I went from, you know, kind of the, the under my parents' wing and, you know, kind of just the way I grew up to now it's on me. You know, what mm-hmm. I do, you know, reflects who I am and it starts my reputation as soon as I joined the Navy. So for, it was a, it was a real growing up period for me, um, but you know it's the big boy leagues and and becoming yeah. a seal is a commitment you know men, mentally physically spiritually, um, so as soon as I told myself I was going to do that I was going to do it and nothing was going to stop me. That's the mentality. I I, the people that pass yeah. like have right. And how long do you have to be in the navy before you can say hey this is what I want to go do? Is that a do you have to have time in or is it like they select certain people? How's that work? Good question. Yeah. So it changes you know based on the era. Um, Right after 9-11, you could join, uh, and it's still the case, you can join with the contract, the SEAL contract, that you get the opportunity to try out and do the SEAL physical mm-hmm. fitness test to earn a spot to go to SEAL training, a basic underwater demolition. Yep. That's the name of the school. Um, and, and the Navy's been more progressive with that compared to Green Berets. Green Berets historically have an older, more mature uh, cohort. So mm-hmm. they spend time in the Army, usually in infantry or an airborne division, get a lot of experience and then go to special forces green berets and, and their mission set, you know, usually complements that um, they've changed. They've started an x-ray program where you could take a guy off the street and, and go in that pipeline immediately. And that's the way the seal teams have always been. But now um, the whole seal machine has really amped up their marketing. Um, so you get a lot more, uh, you get a great talent pool of young people that want to be seals. Um, so they catch them right at boot camp. They put all these seal cannons together and move them through boot camp, and they go to uh, basic underwater demolition seal train together. You said mm-hmm. you said you were not going to fail. <clears throat> you were going to see it through. But is there a moment during buds where you're just like, "What the fuck did I get myself into?" There's always those moments. <laughs> which one? Which, uh, which which one's the top? I moment? say that I, putting on my socks in the morning. <laughs> yeah, <I'm laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, I, I'm a I'm a large dude. I'm I'm not. You know, I'm not your weight, Dan. You know, playing football, but I'm know, getting I'm getting down there though. Tips oh, almost tips almost no, weighs yeah, up more still than me. Ten pounds last. I know, but you you were yeah. when you when you played, you were what two two ninety five three hundred. Yeah, yep. 
Yeah, yeah. Never over. I was over 300 in the offseason a couple times. And then I was like, yeah. okay, I got to slow down here. This is, <laughs> this is not going the right way. 295 is where I played. Yep. So I, I was, you know, I'm 6'3". I was 225 when I went to Bud's. So running in the soft sand and boots and camis, running was the factor. I hated, I absolutely hated that. Um, you know, when you're doing eight, 10 mile runs in the soft sand and boots and camis, you know, it's always like, this sucks. And it's a, it's a, it's, it's like having a cramp that never goes away because you know it sucks and it doesn't stop until you finish at the finish line. And then it might not stop there. They may make you run another two miles. Mm -hmm. um, so it was always when it came to running and I knew there was a running evolution uh, in my mind. I was like, this sucks. I have, I actually have to put out now swimming. I got the obstacle course and pushups set of pulps. I got boats, logs. I've got all that. But when it came to running, I meant I had to lock it on. I, love, I mean, yeah. the running sucked. You did it. Did it help? And this is like practice for football was brutal. It, I mean, not brutal com in compared to what you guys went through. But it, it, it was not fun. Practice, you're going against 320-pound guys, you're banging, you're hitting, you're sweating. Um, it's just one of those things that's not fun. And if you're six months into the season or three weeks into training camp, it's like, God, I just don't feel like doing this. But when you get out on the field and you're in the middle of that practice or you're in the middle of that evolution, do you look to the side and to, you know, to the right and left of you and be like, hey, fuck it, these guys are doing it, I'm doing it too. Yep. Yep. Pain, pain serves a purpose um, for sure. And, you know, the the mental grind, the waking up, pushing yourself to work out, but waking up every morning saying, I need to make it through this week or I need to make it through this day or at times I need to make it through this next minute, especially when you're underwater and you're oxygen deprived. Um, when you get those small victories and you look to the right and left and people you started with aren't there anymore because they didn't have it mentally, um, it makes you stronger. At least it did for me. Every time somebody quit, you know, I'm like, wow, that, that guy was, he, he was pretty, he was a standout athlete, um, but he's not here anymore. So for me, I just kept building upon that momentum. Um, and like you said, once you get to a certain point, you look around and there's only a select few left. Um, you know, that's, that's intrinsic. I don't think you can teach that. Right. Yeah, there was, I heard a quote, I think it was Goggins, like when he was on a, doing a quote, like on Instagram or something. And he never wanted the run to be over is what he would say like so if you you knew you're doing an eight or ten mile run like you said in his mind he was like the run never ends right and like that was his thing where a lot of people were like oh we're almost at the finish line <laughs> we're almost there and they start to get almost joyous and he would just be like i never i want them to never tell me that the run is over like that was his mindset in it and that's i'm assuming that's kind of like what some of these guys that get through that's what they think they're like hey yeah we're supposed to run 10 miles i see the finish line but the things that growth is on the other side of suffering I think is what they say, right? So, like, you get through the finish line, you might have to go three more miles, or you might have to go as far as you have to go, right? And that's those are the guys that go like to the next level. That's a that's a fair point. Um, hey, Goggins is is wired a little bit differently. Yeah, <laughs> he's got a different brain. <laughs> most yeah. most deals. Um, yeah, no, big, I, I was I was ready for the run to be over, but I was prepared for it not to be over. And there that's are it, yeah. exceptions. Um, you know, I, I recall on a Friday afternoon they took us out to the beach in second phase. Um, there was a gentleman, he was an instructor who was preparing to run marathons and he took us to the rocks and back, which is from Bud's beach to the hotel Dell when it's a mile down mile back. It was a nice leisurely, you know, seven minute pace. Um, and we're like, oh, this is nice. It's Friday afternoon, sunny out, you know, he wants to get us out pretty quick. And then as soon as we hit Bud's beach, it was a sprint, you know, another six and a half miles down to state beach. And if you didn't make the time, you know, at, you know, I think about six and a half minute or six minute miles down there, um, and didn't get the bus in time, you had to run back, you know, at a certain time to do that. So that's the mental games that are played. And 
there's an application to it. There's many times where you, you know, hit a target in Iraq and then there's a follow on target. You get intel there as a follow on target and keep going. And so it's true that run really never stops. And what they're trying to weed out is the people that set their destination and then quit at that point or end at that point. They're not ready to springboard from that point and do things be above and beyond. I got to tell you, I mean, seven minute mile, I would just puke all over my shoes. Oh, God. Yeah. Just, and then you said, and then you sprint. Then you know, we're going to do seven for two, two miles, and then you can have run six minute miles for the next six and a half. I, I just would throw up everywhere. And you're, this isn't with gear on. Is this oh, yeah, with gear on? It's got to be on gear. Or with some yeah. stuff on? Boots and camis. And you're never not like dry. You're, you're always like wet during buds, right? For the most part, yeah. Sandy. 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 The like, things I hate the most, being miserable. wet and sandy. And then they say, I mean, the Pacific Ocean is freezing too, so you're sitting in the ocean. You're, mm-hmm. I mean, you probably got hypothermia. For how, how long? Fun. Yeah, how long is, like, what, eight weeks? Six, six and a half months. Six, and this is the other That's thing too. Time. All right, so then we were talking to Rutt. Remember Rutt yeah. was saying, it's like, you get through buds, you graduate, you got the trident. Did you, did you go full into the chest? Did they smack it in? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Right. Oh, nice. I, I like I, that. I heard nowadays some people don't have to do it. I'm sure. I mean, you're you're all pipe hitters. You guys do it. The, the world's changing without me. All right. <laughs> Yo, give us a give us a pipe hitter definition because we heard it from Rod too. A pipe hitter is one of our favorite words. We say it all what, the time. What is your definition of a pipe hitter? Well, I said that around some of my high school buddies, and theirs is totally different than what I know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's out. So are people in the office. We, so we're, like, putting on a, we're putting on it a T-shirt, and I'm oh, wearing, yeah. I wore it around. I was like, I wonder if my wife is going to take this the wrong way. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it could go a lot of ways. I mean, a pipe hitter is a, is a hard charging, you know, pipe hitting, you know, lead pipe hitting frogman. Um, you know, tough as nails, uh, the old breed. Um, they're not seals in name only. They're, they're true frogmen. They're, they're your modern day pirates for lack of a better word. Mm-hmm. Um, cap crimping, you know, there machine you gun go. towing, uh, yeah. Like that. Seen, yeah. uh, what are they, what are they, uh, been to three world's fairs, seen two whales fuck yeah, or something like that. I, I, close. Yeah, I had a little even, bit of They it. even mentioned Marblehead in there. I mean, you know, there's a, there's a reference to Marblehead yep. Mass Jesus in there. Yep. So, I mean, I, that's, I, I, I'm not never going to memorize that, but boy, when I hear that, and I want to hear that Marine Corps one the other day too, that got me fired up. I know we're on Marines, but it got but me cranked up. Remember, we were talking to Rutt, like when you graduate buds, it's not over. Like you don't just find a team. And he actually said that next part of the training for a SEAL is harder than buds, where if like you mess up just this little bit, you're out. Yeah. So, so buds is really the, you know, it's a, it's a course filtration process. And then when you get down mm-hmm. to seal qualification training, it's mm-hmm. a fine tuning. Um, so my pipeline was, and it's, it's very similar. A few things have changed slightly, but you did buds and then you went to army airborne school at Fort Bragg. Now it's all out in San Diego. Um, it's three and a half weeks of jumping out of airplane static line. Then you go back to Coronado and you do seal qualification training. So no longer is it just you know, they're putting you through pain. Now it's introducing, you know, close quarters combat, um, mobility, um, reconnaissance, diving, you know, maritime operations, um, airborne operations. And at that point you get your seal trident. So that's all about a year. Um, and for me as a medic, I ended up going to Fort Bragg, North Carolina and working with, um, army green beret medics, ranger medics, um, uh, marine recon medics who are Navy corpsmen. And we did nine months of, uh, tactical combat casualty care. So I came out as a special operations paramedic 
Then I went to a SEAL team. So it's almost a little under two years uh, for me as a corpsman to go through that process. Just and, toe in the line. Just, and this is yeah, what I have to do. There's so many times that you could fail, right? There's so many times that, like, something go. you know, you don't do this well enough. Sorry, man. Yeah, you passed. You're the, you went through the filter. Like you said, it was a pretty damn tough filter. But then... Hey, something like you don't do this well. You're like you're not you're not going to be in this team, right? Like that's that's a long time to be at the top of your game. I guess you would say, right? Yeah, it's every every day is a challenge. You know, it's every day is a is 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 a test. Um, and you know, when you get to the SEAL team um, or you get to a Ranger battalion or a Green Beret group, you know, it, you're constantly being evaluated. It, it may not be somebody with a clipboard going down a checklist, but there are people seeing how you react in certain situations to know if you're dependable or not. Are you going to execute that task when, you know, it, it's, it's fourth and one on the goal line and, you know, the Super Bowl is within grasp right there. Um, so you're constantly being evaluated. Um, and, and I think that's, it, you have to you have to be like that. Yeah, that's right. I mean, yeah. That's what I mean. That your instructors and, and and you know the people above you that are putting you through that shit, you know, like day in and day out, and and putting you in those stressful situations when you're exhausted, you're tired mentally, physically. That that's what carries you over the goal line in those situations where you can you can still function like a team. Yep, hundred percent, hundred percent. Do you do you look at um, when you when you finish in buds? And you and you pass. Do you ring the bell when you're done, or do you not ring the bell? Like I know the ring the bell thing is like a is is that actually a thing or is that a movie thing? That's oh, a real thing. <laughs> okay, that's a real thing. So and, and you know, let let me be clear. You know, I don't look down on people that have quit in buds. Um, you know, I think when I was younger, it's like a you know, it's a dick measuring contest. Like if somebody <laughs> quits, oh, they're not as tough as you are. But you know, yep. the older I get, um, you know, the more I realize like it's a volunteer to one join the military, then two a volunteer beyond that. Um, Mm -hmm. so it's not for everybody and it shouldn't be for everybody. The teams wouldn't be the teams if it was for everybody. Um, so if you decide to drop on request or DOR, you ring the bell, you know, Mm -hmm. three, three hits on the bell. Um, but at the end of buds, the class leader rings the class out. He's the only one who rings the bell, um, to secure that class from basic underwater demolition seal training. I ask that because I've been trying to put something in the sales office, right? Like, cause we're, you know, a big team like you know we we like to win and i'm like do i put a gong in here or do i put Don't like put a, a gong Don't you know put do a I gong. <laughs> but then i wanted to put a bell i wanted to put a you know but i a bell to me ringing the bell sounds like oh that's an awesome thing we want to ring the bell but then at the same time the only thing i think of is the sales is the seal side and i'm like ringing the bell means you know that's it but, but if you make it through that's a good thing. okay so then i'm gonna go with that i'm gonna put a huge bell in here and when we make it, when we when we land in you know a new enterprise account, we're going to ring that thing. <laughs> ring, ring away, ring away. I like it. Okay, good. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go with a good thing, positive bell. How uh, when did when when did sniper become a part of the resume? Uh, so when I got to the team in 2005, uh, SEAL Team Three was deployed to Iraq and Southeast Asia. So there's a few of us just sitting around, you know, waiting for schools to go to and, and waiting for the team to get back. Uh, and there was a slot that opened up at Army Sniper. So my buddy Jordan and I went to Army Sniper, and then I also went to Halo School at that time frame. When the team came back, they did an abbreviated Naval Special Warfare Sniper. Um, so I actually did two sniper schools in probably about six months. And that's always two people? You work in teams for that? That's Is that one person shooting, like, or is that another movie thing that I'm missing here? Is that like, <laughs> <laughs> a lot of movies. You always have one guy, you know, and there's another guy there's that's like giving him spotter, like giving him like, you know, signals or whatever. But is so you're solo most of the time? 
Yeah. And, and the way that, you know, SEALs are SEAL snipers are trained, um, you know, you're, you're your own fighting unit. So you're, mm-hmm. you have to, you know, range, you know, you have to know how to glass, you have to know how to communicate. Um, you have to have field craft. Um, you have to be able to do it by yourself because there's just too many threats in an environment to have, you know, two people awake for a set period of time. Um, and it happens fast. So each person, each sniper is a, is a fully functioning unit in and of themselves. Um, so we would do about four to five hour rotations on the gun um, when we were overseas. How, how long is the longest you've, 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 you've been in one spot? Oh man. Um, it, it really depends. You know, it just depends on the environmentals. Um, usually if you're there for a set period of time, uh, the enemy is going to know where you're at. It's just, okay. they know. It's so, like you're, if, so you're always moving every few hours type of type of deal mm-hmm. or. No, I, I think, you know, at a minimum, I mean, unless we got shot off target, you know, if you're just taking too much fire to house, then obviously we'd, but we'd stay for a minimum of about 24 hours in a building. <laughs> Um, time. <laughs> in training, in training, we spent up to five days. In, right? Don't in yeah. Don't, don't they basically send you out at one point and be like, "Hey, don't get caught." That's seer training. Yeah, that's okay. survival, evasion, resistance, escape. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah, yeah. See, so I watched what is that again? Movie. Survival, evasion, evasion, resistance, escape. I like that. You'd, you'd be good at that. No, I'd be terrible at that. <laughs> in your bright blue quarters. <laughs> no, I, no, I'd be like, uh, "Hey guys, hang on. I'm hungry. <laughs> I <need a> snack. <laughs> time out. Time out." So that's a real thing. So you five days out there or like a few days you're trying to like, okay, just don't get caught for this amount of time. That, that's a very real thing. Um, you know, that, that has come about over the years with prisoners of war, you know, pilots being shot down. There has mm-hmm. to be some s- sort of training they provide you with how to survive on your own, use the tools that are either with your ejection seat or the stuff you carry on you, um, because there's many instances, you know, obviously in World War II, Vietnam, but even more recently in Iraq, Afghanistan, you know, lone survivor Marcus Trell, um, some of the other stories where you are on E&E, escape and evasion, you know, indefinitely, and you have to be self-sustainable. And if you are captured, what do you do? Um, so they put a lot of different people through it. And for us, you know, I had fun with it because you finish all this training and then you have a, a cadre of you know, Navy folks who are going to try and systematically break you down and, you know, get you to give up information, which, you know, for us, it, it was, it was fun to say the least. Lost a lot of weight though. Lost about 17 pounds in a week, which well, wouldn't I mean, that, that just makes those, those runs that much easier. That's right. You know, so maybe you and I need to look go at the on. bright side of it. <laughs> you and I need to do one one thing of seer training. We're we're to oh. our goal weight. <laughs> yeah, right. So we need to try yeah. to do. We wouldn't make it two hours. <laughs> not even. Not even. Is there a Sonic uh, around? Oh get a gosh, Sonic! Get a, give me a milkshake, please. What's the 2019 Frogman shirt you got on there? Swim. Explain yeah, so, that. Uh, there's a, there's a guy up in uh, Boston who does the uh, Boston Frogman swim, and I sent him up a couple books for their auction. Um, I figured you guys are in the area, so I might as well wear the shirt. So I, I like it. Yeah, that's See, what I'm wondering. Yeah. Well, you're, I mean, you're, you're Connecticut. So, I mean, you're a New Englander and you didn't go to the dark side. You're not a New York fan. You're still a Patriots fan. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I mean, the parents raised you right. Yeah, you know, friends my, friends minus the 0.7 GPA. I mean, they raised yeah, you right geez. in that sense. <laughs> <laughs> Make sure my parents friends, listen to this. <laughs> friends don't let friends turn Yankee or, or Giants fans. I'm just saying. Good. Yeah, those two teams. Well, usually Connecticut's like, what, 50 50? Split down yeah. the middle. You either go yeah. south or north, and that's you know, true. That's true. It's too many. What um, when you, I mean, we listen to people like you, right? This is what motivates me, like this type of stuff, and and you know others that are whether it's a YouTube video or whatever, like that stuff gets us going. And like we we're saying, it's a lot of people who listen to us, like 
our biggest views and our biggest listens are, are guys that are telling your story because like they want to hear that more than about somebody that like you know picked up a big first down sometime or threw a big pitch in a game. 100%. It's more like your stuff, right? Like it's it excites people. Who do you listen to? Is there some is there somebody that you listen to that motivates you or that you know you go, geez, that, get, that just gave me goosebumps. I fired up like to go do something in life. Yeah, that's a that's a great question. I haven't had too many too many times people have asked me that. Um, I don't. I, I I don't really listen to too many people. Um, my wife kind of hit the nail on the head the other day. We were talking about it. I can't set down. I can't ever sit down. So anytime I do something, I always measure it against myself. Um, and I compete against myself. Um, you know, I'm not in the teams anymore. And you know, just in the the, the podcast, you know. Um, like, who do I measure myself against? I can compare myself to my buddies, but that's just not, it's not fair. You know, I need to compete against myself. So I look at myself and, you know, I do sit back and I do, you know, um, lay everything out and, and, and reflect on things. And, and am I performing to my best ability? Um, and that's, that's how I get better is I compare myself to myself. So you just, um, you, you listen to yourself. I, I wish I, that's, I that's a good, that's a good thing. Yeah. Well, he's competitive with himself, which isn't that's a right. bad thing, but what, 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 what you play golf, do you, what, what would you compete with somebody else though, with? What, I mean, old man, pick oh, up, ga- all, all, old man, old man, pickup games. Are we worried about the uh, knees, yeah. the Achilles still, oh, yeah. you know, is it just golf yeah. like us? Or we, you know, you're just the old guys, <laughs> the bike, uh, do we need to get you a Peloton? I, I know you play to win, but if you're going to go out and blow some steam off, besides picking up like like a like a six hour or something like that, what what are you what, what are you going to do to blow some steam off? I mean, you're asking if I'm competitive too. I, I, throw I know you're there. competitive. If, if, if my kids are playing Uno, I try to beat them in Uno, which is a game mm-hmm. of chance. Um, you mm-hmm. know, so we play play church league softball team, which I compete. I slide head first in softball. Mm-hmm. Um, I go full on Pete Rose to second base. Okay. Uh, is that, you know, is that against the rules? That might be against the rules. <laughs> yeah. I don't think you're allowed to go head first anymore. Does your Jersey say that guy on the back of it? <laughs> it does. <laughs> if not, we'll make you one and send you. <laughs> I thought, hey, I thought there, there was one time we were, um, oh, I forgot the guy's name. He was a, um, He's a host on the NFL Network. He does that whole Sunday show on the yeah. NFL Network where they run down like it's like twelve hour show. It's crazy. Oh. I forget this. Max, look up the NFL Network. Find this guy. This guy. We were at a charity event. The best buddies uh, when Brady was involved with. He's still involved, but he was the chairperson. They did a flag football game or a touch football game at Harvard Stadium every year. Brady was the all time quarterback, so drew huge numbers. And it, it was a charity event, Kevin. A fucking charity event. <laughs> we had this guy come into the huddle. I mean, it's it's for uh, intellectually and you know physically disabled kids that come in, and that's what Best Buddies does. They put um, you know put them in work situations, social situations, and improve their quality of life. He comes into the huddle. I'm not even kidding. He was it was he was like starting the Super Bowl and he's given this pregame speech. Got eye black on. Like pretty much. <laughs> like he's got the ultimate warrior strings like attached yeah. around him. He gives this pregame speech like we're going out, running out on the Super Bowl and we have to win this game when it was just a goddamn Yeah, Brady was wearing like khakis. Oh yeah, yeah. 100%. <laughs> this guy's forget, fired up. I forget his name, but that was just that 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 guy that's you in the that's church you softball, in softball league. league. Absolutely. Yeah, I can say that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, is it like is it going out and fishing? Like, is it that type of yeah. thing? You like to do that? And it's, it's like, hey, I want to catch the biggest bass that I can. You yeah, know, no, no, and no. it's 
that type of stuff. Okay. So so there's yeah. still something that gets you going for sure. Oh, like you get cranked yeah. up on all that stuff. Okay, good. That, that That's whole nice. if you're not first, you're last sort of thing. Yeah, it's another one I live by. That's a good one. That's a good one. Hey, we wanted to ask a question about an American flag that you carried under your body armor. Can you tell us that story? Or are we giving it anything away in the book? You know, where the readers no, no, can no. tune in. Um, so, so now, now it's pretty commonplace. There's a lot of a lot of people that carry flags, um, but we had uh, a couple of us carried flags folded up, you know, between our body armor um, and us, you know, mm-hmm. for sentimental reasons. Um, you know, I wanted to take that and you know just give it to my parents afterwards. Um, well, sometimes it can be used as a signaling device uh, if if thought properly. And you know, if you're if you if you're Johnny on the spot, well, we were. Um, a sniper overwatch for a foot patrol. So it was a SEAL foot patrol and they were patrolling down this street called J Street. And we were, you know, adjacent to them providing sniper overwatch. Well, they came under heavy fire. Um, friend of mine, Jason, you know, took one in the head, like right, right off of his night vision mat, like knocked him like out flat on his back. Um, so it was like pretty effective fire. He lived, uh, you know, just got his bell rung. I, well, I hope so. You were smiling when you said, said that part of the story. I'm like, wait a minute, he got hit in the head and he smiled. Yeah, he, was, he was giggling about it. <laughs> yeah, no, it was, that was, that was a good outcome uh, on his part. But the funny part is he was a, uh, he's a natural lefty and he fired the saw, which is the, uh, Mark 46 belt fed. It's a, it's like your AR ammo, your AR 15 ammo, but it's all belt fed. Well, it's made for a right-handed shooter because the brass shoots to the right-hand side. Well, when he got hit in the head, it basically like reset him. So he picks it up and he just went full aggro and got up left-handed and shot 200 rounds because that's however many in the box. And all the brass, it shoots, the brass shoots out maybe 65 miles an hour, I guess. I'm not exactly sure, but every single piece of brass hit him in the bicep and like his bicep blew up in a giant bruise, but he hit him in the head and just basically reset him to a natural lefty. Um, I digress. It's in the book. Yeah. Read the book. Okay. Um, yes. It's told better in the book. But uh, so in order to draw that effective fire, you know, we could sit up there. We couldn't really see where they were at. So we launched, I took out the American flag. We found a piece of pipe and we raised it up on top of our building in order to, you know, distract the enemy to give up their position so we could shoot at them. So I flew that flag in combat and then gave it to my parents um, with a plaque that it was flown in combat and combat upper, uh, operations in mm. South Central Ramadi. That's awesome. Yeah, that's a good one. That's, that's a good. pretty meaningful flag, I'm assuming, that they have at the house. Any superstitions that go along with that or when you went out, downrange, any, like any, when you deployed? Downrange is a great term. I love downrange. Love yeah, that term. Right. Yep. No, I not I'm I'm not a baseball player in that capacity with superstitions. Yeah, yeah, he wears the same sliding play. shorts every single game. Yeah, you um, don't jump over the line when you uh, <laughs> that's, like, you're gonna uh, jump over the line with your left foot. He's freaking bat flipping in the softball <laughs> games. Yeah. yeah. Uh, um, no, I just just meticulous. You know, I'm like like you both were with your gear, um, just constantly going over it. You mm-hmm. know, it's like almost like OCD to the point where you just like recheck it every time I you know, check the gun, check it three times, mm-hmm. um, you know, in that capacity, but not, not overly superstitious. What about the, um, the Punisher logo? Such a cool part of that movie. And then like in your book, you know, the picture here, like, and you guys you put it on everything, right? You know, you put it on your, on your gear, you put it on, on the guns, right? Like explain that a little bit more. Cause that's, that just seems tough. You know what I mean? Yeah. It, you know, 
I'm not a huge comics guy, um, you know, and I don't think a lot of the guys in the platoon were, but, you know, Chris and uh, Chris Kyle and a couple of the other guys had this little Punisher logo that they had, you know, on their helmets. Um, and it was just them. And then it grew into some artists in our platoon cut out a cardboard stencil and was like, Hey, we should put on our body armor. So everybody spray paint on their body armor. And the next thing you know, is on the magazines. It was on the, the blast shield of our Humvees on the, mm-hmm. uh, the 50 cal mounts i mean it was everywhere and to the point where we were we were spray painting buildings with this stuff uh, <laughs> yeah exactly exactly <laughs> if you saw if the enemy saw that somewhere they were just like oh shit these guys are close <laughs> yeah Little batman logo but we had it on the sides of buildings yep um but it, it just it just morphed into that and you know it's been used you know quite a bit in different mm-hmm. units but uh yeah, that's that's kind of how we refer ourselves, Punishers. Is that tattooed anywhere? I mean, that'd be the first tattoo I got. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm sure. I, I don't have any tattoos. Oh, None. Zero. No. I mean, you don't put a bumper sticker on a Ferrari. Oh, oh there see? you go. So, with some, I have none. Oh. I also ha- don't have any, and I am this close to getting one. That might push me back the other way. <laughs> I, I don't think that's the last time I'm going to hear that quote. Oh, no. Yeah, I, I might say it to you all the time. Every goddamn thing. We were going to use this maybe as I wanted to get a tattoo anyway. We we're going to play a game like, hey, if I lose a bet, maybe I'll have to get a tattoo. Now it's, now, you know what? I might take that. I might take that with me on it. You might. I have nothing. I have nothing against tattoos. I have nothing. I just have. I never got one. I, That's surprising too, though, because most of it seems like anybody who we've met, most of the teams guys, are a lot, seen, lot of tattoos. Lot, lot, yeah. There's a lot of them. There's a lot of like I don't know, like a meaning to it, I guess. You know, or like no, you sure know, wearing something on yeah, your yeah. sleeve, essentially, right? Or yeah. so yeah. You're, I've you're, seen you're, cool ones. I, you know, when I first joined. A lot of the old guys had tattoos, and it was commonplace where they would deploy to. They get a tattoo there. Um, they're kind of like bikers. And then as the years went by, it seems that there's more and more tattoos. I just, you know, I never got into one. Never, I, never did one. I mean, if you go, I mean, were there tattoo parlors where you were deployed? You know, they did with a rock. Like, I like, hey, sometimes like they go to I don't know Bangladesh or no, it's like, a rock and a pen, Hong Kong or shit. <laughs> I just don't picture a lot of tattoo parlors in Iraq. You know, Rodney, that machine gun over there, he's got priors. He did some time. He's over there. You know, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not taking one yeah. from a buddy though. I don't care how mo- I don't care exactly. how close we are. You're not giving me a tattoo. Not not overseas. Uh, when we were in Iraq, there were no tattoo bars, but. But obviously in, in San Diego, uh, you can't throw a stone without hitting about 10 of them. Yeah. Is there yeah. a way that you could just like describe the bond that you have with your teammates? I, I just uh, like to put it simply because, you know, football and athletes and, mm-hmm. you know, the guys that you played with at any level, there's that bond always. It doesn't matter when you talk, you know, you always come back to the same thing. You sort of go right back into the same flow. But like you guys are just on a different level. Yeah, you know, it's that's kind of a challenging one to answer because um, you know there's the, the Charlie Sheen movie, you know, U.S. Navy SEALs. I trust you with your, I trust you with my life, but not my money or my wife. <laughs> you know, that, that was yeah. the, that was the first one. Um, but but the, all, all joking aside, um, you know, you kind of you, you kind of rise above any differences you have. I mean, there there are people in the platoon you absolutely like hate. You know, what I mean, right. you can't stand them. They're just you just don't like them, but you know, it's mission first. Um, and you're willing to set aside differences, you know, trust them and they have to trust you in order to accomplish the task because everything that we did required all hands on deck. There's only a, 
finite amount of people in that platoon. Um, you know, there's only a set amount of snipers, machine gunners, you know, two comms guys. So everybody has an integral role. So if somebody's not there mentally or physically, you know, the team doesn't succeed. So the reliability, um, I mean, you spend so much time with these people. I was out of the Navy. I got out of the Navy in 2010 and I was working for an off-road driving school in Connecticut. And there was a group training and one of my buddies was, you know, in the training group that was coming through. He was in a SEAL platoon. And I was on night vision one night and I saw him about 40 yards away and I yelled out to him. I was like, hey, Ray. And like the new guy, SEAL, is like, how the hell do you know? And I was like, when you spend so much time, you know what these people, how they walk at mm-hmm. night on night vision. Yep. You can pick them out in a crowd. You don't even have to, you know, hear them talking. You, you just know. Um, so there's that immersion through the workups to the point where you know each other so well and you trust them and you put aside differences that you can be an effective fighting force. So yep. Yep. the bond is, it's deep. Um, but I also see the opposite in a lot of ways, you know, people get out and do their own thing and, uh, you know, you lose touch with people, but when you pick up the phone and talk to them, it's like you talked to them last week. You know, right. you always get yeah. that, that's a common theme even, with the athletes. And, and even though these guys, these exactly right. you don't like everybody. No, absolutely you not. do not like everybody, but you know, you function as a team and that, that Definitely. works. Now, is that part of what uh, Hunting for Healing, is that how that started with you? Because that, that's part of your uh, veterans charity, right? That, did, you fa- did you start that? Was that your thing uh, that you guys started? Joint, joint effort. It was more my wife. Um, yep. I went hunting in Africa uh, in 2012, and I went out there, and I was like, man, I got to take her out there. She's not, a, she's not a big hunter. Her dad is a huge hunter. He's the one that took me to Africa, and I took Lindsay there in 2014, and um, she had a fantastic time. You know, we, we don't have a communication issue. You know, I think we're, we're pretty straight, straight up with each other. But she's like, this is great. There's no cell phones. See, we're going back to the no cell yeah, phone, yeah, no, no yeah. internet. Yeah. Um, but we were able to communicate. And she's like, I want to share this experience, Africa, hunting, all that, um, with veterans and their spouses. Because we felt when you get out of the team, you know, when you got out of the military, for me, there's only like three places you can be, you know, main hubs of being a SEAL. It's Hawaii, California, or Virginia Beach. Well, there's none really in Connecticut. So when I got out, I didn't have buddies on standby to live down the road. You know, my swim buddy's my wife. Um, and so when the relationship is better with the spouse and the veteran, success post-military service tends to be better. So we wanted to foster that relationship, grow that relationship through hunting, fishing, and outdoor activities. So that's how my wife and I started hunting for healing. Yeah, that's good. Swim, I mean, swim buddy. I mean, swim buddy. your wife. Your your wife should listen. That's a very nice compliment. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I mean that's a nice so, compliment. Swim buddy. Nice. I forgot about that. Everybody has a buddy when they go for a swim. That's true. And she's she's a badass. I took her to the range, the sniper range, um, with with Chris. Chris Kyle was out there, and she was hitting head targets, head size targets at about six hundred yards. And he looked at me. He's like, "That's a keeper right there." <laughs> See, that actually is scary right. to me. <laughs> That means you can't do the, the move. You Shit. Know? <laughs> I hit one. I think I hit yeah. I think of when we were up in uh, Matt's, Matt's thing. I think I hit one at 200. That makes me feel like a shithead now. What's your father's When are you going to teach this me is, how no, to this shoot? Is a good, this is probably a question. But this when are you going to teach me how to shoot? We need to, go, we need to get hands on. Right. I need to get you guys out there and do some shooting. Um, furthest mm-hmm. shot I've ever taken was at 2,000 yards with a 50 cal. Well, how big of a target are you trying to hit? And it was a big target. It was probably, yeah, about 48 inches tall. Or a human. So a toddler. No, 48 inch, four, four feet. Four feet. It could be. No, I know four feet, four feet foot people, don't you? 
That's what I mean. That's so a, you four three? Yeah. So small. Forty eight inches. Two thousand yards though. How far is that? I can't think of how six thousand feet? Yeah. Right. So more so a That's mile. More than a mile. A right? mile your point seven GPA. I'm surprised you got that. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little over a mile. That's so a, that's a long that's a long shot. What's a mile? Five thousand two hundred eighty. Five thousand two hundred eighty. Yeah, all right. Yeah. All right. We're so, not as dumb so as we look. Six thousand foot shot, basically, right? I'm gonna go blow your mind. I actually was a I was a breacher too, explosive breacher where you had to you had to calculate the weight of the explosives and find the minimum safe distances. You know, I kinda got a little smarter when I joined the Navy. Oh man. I mean, these are the guys that we could talk to all day. We're yeah, gonna, we'll wrap it up to go back to so, work. Yeah, and it's so you're a physician's assistant now. Is that accurate? With yeah, what? So, I, so I'm a PA. Um, I work with Dr. David LeMay uh, down here in Gulf, but we have an office in Pensacola. Mm-hmm. So he's actually the NFLP doc, NFLPA doc here in Florida. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and the way that things started and how I came down here, uh, he, he recruited me to come down to his clinic. He was starting a new functional medicine clinic, and he was working with a lot of guys who go through EXOS, formerly Athletes Performance, and they have a – um, a benevolent fund called the Eagle Fund where veterans and active duty special operators can go rehab next to guys like you all mm-hmm. um, and get the same type of therapy. Well, he was doing uh, a lot of you know brain health, hormone health, thyroid health with these guys that complemented the orthopedic and the PT work that they were doing. So we developed our practice from there and have grown it. We see a lot of active duty. Uh, we see veterans. We have a lot of civilian clients. Um, so I've been doing that for coming up on the last eight years. And then uh, me and Two of my friends uh, started a, um, a biologics company that, that deals with exosomes, which are derivatives of stem cells, and that's out of Austin, Texas. So still pretty hot and heavy in the medical field. You really stepped it up after that first semester. Yeah, if you yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's what we've learned. That's a, that's that a, first semester, you really stepped that's up. That's a, a big middle finger to your teachers, right yeah, there. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, <laughs> I, you know, yeah, it was it was my my reset position. You know, I guess that was where I took the the sniper around to the head, hit me in the helmet. I need to maybe. Uh, go back. But, but I always think about it too. Maybe that's the way to go. Like, go and do something first, and then you go back to school. You appreciate it more. That's true. Yeah. Well, I, th- yeah. I think you both can you can say you know you don't. To succeed, you have to fail. Um, you have to fail, get knocked down. You don't do how many times did you did you throw you did mm-hmm. every single pitch you throw was a strike? You know, did, did you block everybody? No, <laughs> fail all know, the you, time, right? I mean, like you don't failing's learning. Like failing's exactly. learning. That's it. Exactly. It's and, not and failing. Me, it, was, yeah. it was little. You know, I had to I had to fail to truly succeed. Yeah, Love I mean, it. so anytime you want to come up here. You are with us. Like, yeah. that's what I mean. Beers, whatever it takes. Like, you know, you golf. Stay, he golfs too. Golf, so we're going to go golf. Anytime you come this way, I, you are an open guest to us. Doesn't matter what we're doing. I've I'm been, calling I, that right now. Yeah, I've been texting him. Like, we texted back and forth. He's like, hey, you know, he shoots me like this picture of the hunt they're on. He's like, what? you got to come out to Texas with hunting. <laughs> Finally, after a couple, I was like, full disclosure. I don't hunt. Don't think, <laughs> don't, don't don't think less of me. He's <laughs> like, oh, Dan's up hey, I do fish. Though. I like fishing. Okay, and I don't. I don't think I answered back. And I th- no, you I did. You did. Yeah, you did. Yeah, 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 yeah. You did. You I deleted his number, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I haven't heard from you since. I said this friendship terminated. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You said, hey, you could just send the book down. I'll sign it, and then our relationship's yeah, over with. Lose my number, Dan. <laughs> yeah. Lose my no, number. But, hey, if you want to come down, there's some really good ranges down this way, uh, you know, 1,000 yard plus. Um, I mean, I have a buddy of mine who owns this place called Element. And uh, if you literally want to jump in the back by 250, and we can do drive-bys through the range, um, 
and hit steel, you name it, we can do it. That sounds hit great. Hit steel. That sounds great. Hit steel. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to be a pipe hitter down there. Pipe hitter, hit steal. Exactly. I mean, yep. you, these guys are full hitter. of all the good terms. That's fantastic. Got them all. It's just, unbelievable. Uh, Kev, we could talk to you all day, man. Yeah. Thank you for, so much for what you did for us, for our Definitely. country. It's just uh, it's a pleasure talking to you. Everybody go out and get The Last Punisher. It, I'm I'm 25 pages in, and it, it, it's, it's awesome so yeah, far. So I can't wait to too. finish it. And then your Instagram, because now you got the internet back, is yeah. <laughs> Real Kevin Lace, right? Oh, spell it spell it for us, Max. It's Real L-A- Kevin, L-A-C-Z. Yeah. Okay? So follow him up. And then wait, one more. Dauber. Dober? Dauber? Yeah. That that was your name? You went the whole hour. You haven't asked me about Dauber yet. I'm actually disappointed. Okay, so is it from the show Coach? You know, you got See, it. All right. <laughs> yeah, we, got okay. we, we talked sure about it earlier. Like, what I, is this I got about? it. We were like, what is this about? And then we randomly yeah, the picked assistant it. coach from Coach. Okay. You got the assistant coach. Coach I, from yeah, Coach. We're good. Okay, we got perfect. All how'd right. you get it? How'd you get it? Yeah, how'd you get this? The big goofy blonde hair guy. Yeah, yeah. Um, I walked into the platoon space my first day, and Chris was sitting there with Jeremy, or LPO, and then one of the other guys, Bob. And Chris looks up. He's like, Dauber. That's and it. I, that was it. That that was it. Um, it could have been a whole lot worse. I got got away clean, but uh, I, hadn't, I, hadn't see, I hadn't seen Coach in years. I didn't know who he was talking about. Yeah. And this was back before the internet. Or Well, there was the internet, but you know, it wasn't on your phone. I had to go home and look it up. I yep. was like, really? That's the connection? Yeah. Like, yeah the, guy, like the, the guy nicknamed the legend gave you Dauber. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Too bad. <laughs> By the way, I mean, what about that take snap? It right, take Did it right you see there. that snap that he had? That was the most aggressive snap I've ever heard. So everything you do is amazing. It's wild. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm watching the movie tonight again because now I'm looking for you. I'm going to read. I'm going to do something productive. Okay. Well, all right. I'll read too. I'll do both. All right. Bye. Hey, hey thanks for coming on, man. It, man. Stay Thank safe. We'll much. talk to you soon. Appreciate Later, man. Right. See, you. See, you. See, you. See you. Bye now. Fast Our Prime is brought to you by Squad Locker. Squad Locker is your one-stop shop for custom team apparel delivered right to your front door. Learn more by visiting squadlocker.com.